coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. I think you allow people to hold on to their beliefs, Phil. However, my belief shouldn't be forced on you. I guess the question is, Odell, if a man loves a man and a woman loves a woman and a man loves a woman, is that a bad thing? Because right now, Bill, I'm ready to start a campaign to say 2024, no Biden, no Trump. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times, when it comes to race, and it comes to culture, and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, Bill? Not one. Come on, Bill, you got to have one, a token black person, a token. And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids, and I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Dear Heavenly Father, just uh, thank you for today. Thank you for my friend Odell. Thank you for the, uh, the hot weather that we've got out there, but it's still beautiful. Uh, Lord, we lift up our families and the families of our listeners, keep them safe as they travel about, watch over them, and uh, let them have uh, peace as they go about their week. Amen. Father God, just say thank you for all your grace and mercy, how you've dealt in my life and so many people who are connected to me, God. God, just thank you for the ability to go what the word says twice a child and once a man you know as we look at the circle of life it's like what does twice a child mean and once a man and you get to see it for yourself and it's a journey that each one of us is going to have to take and we just thank you for being there at the end of the journey in jesus name we pray and believe amen 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 well how you doing how's your week going Bill, my week is doing fine. I ran across this article and I I read it and I said, wait a minute, how did this happen? And it says, House overwhelmingly approves bill to protect same-sex and interracial marriages. And I'm like, the House of Representatives overwhelmingly approved the bill to protect same-sex and interracial marriages. And I'm sitting there saying, when did same-sex and interracial marriages was under attack. And then I thought about it. Then I said, wait a minute. I think I know what's going on. Remember when um, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade and in his supporting opinion, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, you know, talked about his colleagues to consider cases that allow same-sex marriages, gay sex, and contraceptions. But Supreme Court Justice Thomas didn't say anything about interracial marriages and Bill I think the last time I checked, 
Clarence Thomas, a black man, was married to a white woman. So he said, let's consider all these things, but he didn't say, let's consider how it affected him. And I say that to say this, and then I'll be quiet, I think. <laughs> Sometimes we look at things from our perspective, not other people's perspective, because my private uh, personal opinion on interracial marriages or that kind of stuff shouldn't have anything to do with my public opinions if I'm sitting in a position of neutrality that I think the Supreme Court is, correct? I think you're right. The, uh, you know, it's interesting. I don't ever remember, and I've been around for a long time, uh, a Supreme Court justice telegraphing stuff like that. Uh, usually they're very, very quiet, almost like crickets, and they don't ha- come out and get involved in the political arena. None of that stuff. They, they, just, they just follow the rule of law, the Constitution, and uh, do their rulings. But I guess the Supreme Court is being politicized, uh, at least with Clarence Thomas standpoint, the other ones haven't come out and said anything, but you know, it's, it's interesting that uh, when they did Roe versus Wade, everybody said, "Uh Oh, this is the beginning. They're going to reverse same sex marriages. They're going to reverse all those things. And, uh, and I thought they said, the Supreme Court said, no, no, this is a one-off. This is a particular now, I don't know how they can say that because if a law, if someone files a lawsuit and it gets all the way to Supreme Court, they have a choice either to hear it or not hear it. And and um, so I think it's yet to be seen if they'll try and reverse things. But obviously, the was it the Senate or the House or both that passed a resolution for oh, it was the House, House of Representatives, House. Okay, which is the People's House. And uh, um, did they say how much the vote was? Was it is it split split party lines or was it? Ah, it was it was over more than party lines. I don't have the exact count, but a lot of Republicans supported it also. So it was just wow. interesting when you yeah. start look at it from that way. Yeah. Well, I think I think the American public is uh, well past all that. We've we've been through that. I don't know if it's important to bring it up again. Um, the uh, I guess the question is, Odell, if a man loves a man and a woman loves a woman and a man loves a woman. Is that a bad thing? I I don't know from that perspective, because we all have our own um, personal opinions on it. But I think that it falls in the realm of what people's faith and what people believe. And anytime someone says, I don't believe that the Bible says that a black man should marry a white woman or a white woman should marry a a black man, those are core beliefs that people believe that that's an abomination to God. You know, Mm -hmm. so you hear that. I've heard stuff like that in my life um, from that perspective. And so what do you do with one's belief? I think you allow people to hold on to their beliefs, Bill. However, my belief shouldn't be forced on you. Okay, yeah, you got a point. Okay, can a Catholic marry a Jew or a Jew marry a Catholic? You know, there's some people that don't have an issue with that. There are other people that think, well, if you're Jewish and you, you can't be married in the Catholic church until you convert. And I don't know if it's the other way around with the Jewish uh, faith, but you know, the, the thing is that there's just all these things that people hold against each other. Uh, and we're all human. We're all human. We just have maybe a little different belief system, but you know, if, if a Jewish man loves a, 
a Catholic woman or vice versa. What's wrong with that? And then banning them from the church, you know, it's like, okay, so you're telling me that God doesn't approve this relationship because of religious beliefs. And I was led to believe that God can work miracles, can change people. Yes. And one of the things, the church where we fall short, and I could talk about Christians to a certain degree, not all Christians, of course, but not all, but some, a lot of times, Bill, in our tradition, you could live any old kind of life, meaning that you can do anything in the world you want to, as long as you say, well, you know, I don't believe in God or I don't go to church or anything like that. However, once, quote unquote, you get saved, then we celebrate the fact that Odell's a new creature in Christ. He's saved. So all that stuff Odell did before I got saved, now Odell sits in the seat of judgment. And that's my issue with Christianity sometimes, sit in the seat of judgment. So now Odell's going to say how everybody else is bad for still doing the things he used to do. Yeah, You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, wait a minute, man, two years ago, you were getting drunk at the family reunion. And now you so self-righteous and almighty God, and now you condemning and call in the people who, the very people who you used to get drunk with, now you condemning them. And I think that's the issue sometimes people get confused with, because sometimes we take the seat of God, the seat of judgment. Now we're judging people, and the Bible clearly talks that we shouldn't judge. And I get it, but at the same time, Bill, that's kind of the hypocrisy of the whole thing. Well, you, you know, it's amazing how people can use the Bible and verses for their own interpretation. Uh, you remember we had a female pastor on and, yeah. and she, she pointed out that, you know, when she was, she was told that, you know, women aren't pastors uh, that don't even think about it. And she's now a pastor. And we asked her, what do you want us to call you uh, pastor or Helen? I think her name was and there's this pause, this long pause. And I know, okay, we're calling her pastor. And so we did. And then you asked her a question, like, how does your congregation view you, accept you? And she said, I've been called pastor more on this podcast than I have for my congregation. So it kind of tells you that there's, you know, people get dug in on their, or their systems. And you know, you can go back to the time even before Jesus, the, uh, you know, the Jewish people had their rituals, you know, they didn't like Gentiles, they didn't want to go to Samaria. There was all this, just like, I don't know if there was a color issue back then, but there certainly was a cultural one that people didn't intermix. Um, so it was kind of, it's, I think it's been around for a long time and it just transformed over to um, same sex marriage and biracial marriage. Clarence Thomas being in a biracial marriage. I wonder how he feels about that. Uh, well, he left that part out. He left that part out in his uh, supporting opinion of the law. He talked about same-sex marriage. We need to go back and reconsider that. Gay sex, he had to reconsider that. And contraception is like, Clarence, how did you get into gay sex? I mean, come on, man. Come on. Look at it like this. I'm still a little little bit feeling some kind of way, Bill, about the trade. It's like when you were young, you had baseball cards. I'll trade you a, a Babe Ruth rookie card for um, Sassel Page rookie card. Okay, that was kind of a fair trade. I, one would think, and then one would say no. But someone traded me 
a Thurgood Marshall card or a Clarence Thomas card for a Thurgood Marshall card and said, Odell, that's a fair deal. You need to like that deal and everything else. Now, I respect the fact that in those days, at least the president and the Senate played by the rules to some degree, and the president had the right to select or nominate a certain individual. Now, when you look at interracial marriages, you look at same-sex marriages, and you look at all these different things, a lot of people would say, if my son or my daughter was in an interracial marriage or same-sex marriage, I would disown them. I disagree with that. I wouldn't disown my son or my daughter. I don't have a daughter, but I wouldn't disown. Because when you start talking about disowning people, Bill, and hating people because what they did, those are the type of things that really goes against the grain. Because I've seen more people lately, when I go to the mall and other places, and you see those grandkids, and those grandkids are a product of a interracial marriage, I see the beam in those grandmothers' eyes and grandfathers' eyes, whether they're white or black, for those grandkids. What does those grandkids have to do with anything? Well, you're right. You're right. And, you know, what does the color of skin have to do with anything? I don't get it. You know, you and I both came from significantly different backgrounds, but do I see you as a black man? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But a I good see looking black man, Bill, a good looking black man, good looking, slim black man. How are you down to now, buddy? Still around 51, 52 pounds. Sweet. So it feels good. <laughs> it feels good. Oh it feels good to have you, 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 you walking around and your pants falling off you, <laughs> and, you know, it feels good. And now, I but now I have to get a smaller belt, you know? <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious. I'm going to buy you a secret to that. It's expensive losing weight. Yeah. Trust me. It's well, expensive can... because I'm having to go get a lot of my shirts redone and they're talking is a lot of money, but oh, yeah. again, it's not as, is not as expensive as my health crashing on me. You yeah. know, how expensive, how, how much does your health cost? How, what's the value of one's good health? I'll just leave it right there. No, and again, I'm trying not to make the show about weight loss, but at the end of the day, thank you for asking because that's a sense of endurement and accountability because you keep me accountable. Well, I'm happy to do that. The, uh, but you're right about the health end. You know, I want you healthy. And so we can walk around Paris and London together when we go, but also I want you around for a while. So, um, well, now, you know, it's interesting <clears throat> as we talk about Paris and London, Everything I hear that London's on fire. What's what's going on, man? London Bridge is burning down. Well, I I read that uh, the fire department in England said they put out more fires since this heat wave started since the World War II when they were being bombed by by uh, Germany, and so that that tells you a lot. The uh, yeah, I was I was looking at it was forty three Celsius, which is one hundred and sixteen Fahrenheit in Portugal. In uh, England, it was 106. So, uh, you know, that's that's hot. But, you know, is, do you think climate change is real? Do you think this is a result of climate change? Bill, I personally think climate change is real. Back to what we were talking about earlier with the whole thing on the Marriage Act and everything. People believe what they believe. Some people say climate change is a bunch of hooky, you know, whatever hooky means. 
But at the end of the day, I do think it's real. However, how does one reverse it? And like anything else, the rich countries usually make the rules and other folks go by it. And that's, that's the whole thing because if they say, well, fossil fuel is a big problem and some other things are a big problem. I don't think we're in a position to give up fossil fuel at this time. I still think the fact of President Biden administration stopping the Keystone pipeline, I think that was a big mistake. So it makes us look like Keystone, Keystone cops, from my opinion, because right now, Bill, I'm ready to start a campaign to say 2024, no Biden, no Trump. You know, let's let's hey, let's dust off somebody else. No, no President Biden running again and no President Trump running again. Let's find some new people. Some fresh blood, fresh face, fresh thoughts. I like it. I, I think like we're it. at that place I right like now. It. I think yeah. we're at that place as a country. And I think we need to look at the possibility of finding some um, new folks to come out and help lead us. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, I was listening to NPR, I think it was, and um, they had a meteorologist on our climate expert. And they were talking about the heat wave in Europe and now what's happening here in the States. And uh, the, the, the announcer said, can you explain to me what's happening? I mean, what's causing this? Because, you know, you and I growing up, I, I grew up in Ohio. We used to have heavy winters lots of snow now they don't get much they get ice storms which we never got and uh right. down in down here we don't have much of a winter in north carolina so i i can tell that it's changed in my lifetime from the standpoint of winters and summers winters being a little cooler a little wetter and uh summers being a little hotter uh, and so i have some experience on that so he asked him, he says, what's causing this? What's causing this? And he says, it's the jet stream. The jet stream uh, would normally go over the Arctic in cold and chill down, and it would kind of block all this heat from coming in. And the jet streams, because of global warming, have changed. And wow. that change means that the heat from, say, the Sierra Desert goes up to Portugal now. It mm. would, before, it would be kept down in the Sahara Desert. Uh the, the heat that England's getting is coming from a jet screen stream that's opening up and allowing that heat to come in. And uh, so, you know, if you look at uh, a picture of the earth from the space, you can see the cloud cloud formations and you can't really see a jet stream, but you can see the way the clouds are moving on a jet stream or in it. Um, so, and you know, our, our weather, people show us the jet stream you know when we get that uh polar vortex that comes down here and it just comes off the uh arctic circle in the winter it just comes way down right. just dips down and gets us you know that's kind of what happens in reverse for the heat so at what point you know he said does how do we stop this and is this gonna are we seeing the worst of it and he said in 10 years, because he says, is this the new normal, the new normal with wildfires in California and in Europe and the heat? Is that our new normal? And he said, I'm sorry to say in 10 years, you will look back at this time and wish you had it as your new normal because it's going to get hotter. Wow. And I'm like, wow. Now, at what point do our air conditions and our electric grid and everything else start? failing because of that 
You know, it's you say that I think about, okay, here we are getting ready to go over to London and we're going to take the tunnel over to Paris. So if I say to Bill and Odell, let me talk about Odell. If I say, Odell, what tours are you all going to be going on? What day are you all going to be going on the tours? And I'm like, Bill, when do we leave and all this kind of good stuff? <laughs> what are you going to say? Exactly. I, listen, what are you going to say, Bill? Listen, to tell you, Dory has got it controlled. I think we're going to be given handouts. There might be a PowerPoint presentation on what we're doing. She has been doing great work emailing and uh, get talking to people in uh, London and Paris for our tours. And I know you and Bev have been getting emails and saying, we want to do this, so let's change this. And I'm just going along for the ride. Uh, I'm figuring we're going to, we're going to play it by ear. Uh, there's a park near each of the places we're staying. So I think Bev wanted to do some walks in the morning that you guys traditionally do. Heck, I might even get up and do that. I'm not guaranteeing <laughs> that, but you, you never know. <laughs> but I am bringing well, some well, good walking shoes. Yeah, the thing about it is we're just going to have fun. Here it is, you know, good friends just enjoying uh, Paris, just enjoying London, sitting on the veranda, having a glass of wine, just sitting there enjoying life, you know, because sometimes what we talked about a little earlier with this whole thing of twice a child, once a man, you know, in spite of everything, we're never going to be here forever. That was never the promise. That was never the commitment that God gave us. So while we here, let's enjoy it. And the thing about it is some guys, not all guys, they get together and they talk about women and girlfriends and all that kind of stuff. That's not what we're talking about. We're or sports. We're talking about family and friends. The fact that I'm with my wife, you're with your wife. We're going out having a good time. We're seeing things together. We're going on a tour bill that talks about the bunkers and everything else to which is your interest and mine, but also the transatlantic slave trade, which is my interest and yours. And then we're talking about, okay, what part of France at the time or Paris at the time when uh, African-Americans didn't have rights in America that some of the great authors and great entertainers went over to Paris and entertained. Those are the neighborhoods we're going to be walking around in. And I'm excited about that kind of stuff because, as you know, I'm a uh, author of X amount of books and still waiting for you to give me to go ahead when you and I could do our book together. But we're going to get there. We're going to get there. I see that smile on your face. That's that uh, little Billy smile. Yeah. But we're, we're, we're there. And just the idea that we are blessed to be able to travel and enjoy ourselves, Bill, that's a blessing. A lot of people don't have that blessing. I don't take that for granted, not one time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And yeah, I'm looking forward to go seeing Winston Churchill's bunker and, and going to those other events that you mentioned. And it's going to be a combination of uh, education, culture, food, and relaxation. So it's going to be a great trip and great fellowship. The, uh, did you say the great, did you say the great four letter word F O O D? Yeah, we're going to get some food. We're going to, we're going to be foodies over there. Dory's got some restaurants already picked out. And uh, I don't know if we do 16 course meal, like we used to, like we did in Paris last time, but I bet you we're going to be doing some, 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 uh, I'm glad you lost a lot of weight. Let me put it that way. So you can, you can enjoy <laughs> that. Yeah. Hey, I just thought of something, you know, you were saying we need to do a book and you're right. We do. Uh, how about a working title I got? 
What's the working title, Bill? Well, you're 62, right? Uh-huh. And I'm 72. Yes. So why don't we call it our first 134 years? Ah, I like that. I like that. I like that. That's that. You know what? You're not, you, 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 you smart for a reason. You know, I love that. And what would, what would the chapters be, Bill? Um, I think just some of our experiences, uh, and some of our challenges in life and how we overcame them, became resilient to them. Uh, because, you know, everybody listening to this podcast has gone through challenges. They might be going through challenges as we speak. But you learn how to become resilient by having people in your life that help you, by having confidence in yourself that you can get through it, and trusting God. I think trusting God is a big one. And that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do. You know, uh, I think I've shared before the uh, story about the fellow who wrote the utmost for his highest. Oh, I got a mental block on his name now. Uh, but he, he was... Uh, this was around the turn of century, and he was he was an artist in and uh, around nineteen seventeen, I think, and uh, I want to say Wilbur son, the uh, but he uh, Chambers, Chambers is part of his name, but uh, he uh, he wanted to be an artist, and uh, his parents uh, were missionaries, and they came back, and they would have missionaries come to their house, have dinner, and and uh, a couple of the missionaries asked, you know, Wilbur, what are you going to be doing, and uh, he said. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to be a creative person. And th- he said, well, how's it going? He says, well, it's going kind of tough. It's tough finding a job and I have my degree and all that. And he said, I think God wants you to be a pastor. And he thought to himself, there's no way I'm going to be a pastor. There's no money. Uh-huh. In it. It's a horrible, you know, it's a hard job. And so he just fought it. And a few years later, he still didn't have a job. He was still struggling. And uh, another minister came up and asked him the same question, told him the same thing. He, the God's calling you to be a minister so he went away and uh and he went uh on like a little retreat and god put it in his heart he says yeah you gotta go into ministry so he went back to his dad and said i want to go to the ministry school so he went to ministry became a minister and became a transient minister and traveled around england uh and uh and then uh he was sent uh by the ymca picked him up and he was a transit minister for ymca and he was such a good speaker. They sent him around the world on a boat twice. And uh, he would he would preach in Egypt and India and all over the world. And uh, he met a woman uh, and uh, he fell in love with her and she fell in love with him. And he told her, he says, you know, you got to understand I'm a, a minister. And we're not going to have any money. And uh, so we may not have a house ever, you know, just so you know that and she says, I'm good with that. Uh, she was a court recorder, so she used to record all of his uh, sermons, and that's what his his daily devotion is utmost for his highest. And uh, so, for their honeymoon, they went on a missions trip from England to Cincinnati, Ohio. They took a boat over, wow. did their missions trip, and came back. And on the way back, they're on the deck, and he was sitting on one of those lounge chairs reading. And his wife uh, came up and said, "Honey, uh, we're going to land in two days." Uh, we, all we have is the money in our pockets and the trunk of clothes that we've got. We have no house. You have no job. What are we going to do? And, uh, he said, well, you, you know, you remember, I told you that it was going to be hard, but I also told you, I always trust the Lord and do the next thing. 
Uh-huh. And she says, okay, I'm good. I, I understand, but what's the next thing? Well, you know, Chavez, she, she was in distress thinking about this. And instead of dialoguing with her or hugging her and say, honey, it's going to be okay. He, she said, what's the next thing? And he said, next thing is for me to roll over and take a nap. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dude, you just, you just screwed that up. And, uh, but he did, he rolled over and took a nap. So when, after I thought about it for a little bit, I said, you know, I don't know about you, but when I'm stressed, the last thing I can do is go to sleep. My brain just keeps going and going and going, but he was so uh, comfortable trusting the Lord. The Lord had it that he could roll over and go to sleep. And sure enough, when they got there, there was a job waiting for him. He did well. Um, and, uh, and everything worked out. So I guess when you ask, what are some of the subjects that we're going to do? I think it's how we trusted the Lord and how we got through things. Uh, some of our adversity. And at the time you were little, you probably weren't thinking that, but obviously God had his hand in it. Uh, how you became a pastor is another one. Uh, so there's, I think you know, there's a lot of things. You, you're, you're very correct there, sir. One of the things that I think about too is all the failures that I've had. I think one of the things people don't realize, Bill, is that failing is not final and it's okay to fail even though in our society, in our culture, we look at failing as, you know, that's a bad thing. Also poverty. Sometimes I used to be ashamed that I was poor. You know, now that, did I have any control over what family I was birthed into? Of course not. But when you get to the point where you are okay with who you are and you don't try to be what the kids say, send your representative in. That's what the young folks call it. Now, I'm sure just because I got that slang, I'm sure some other new slang, but just being yourself. And I've learned that in whatever circles I'm in, if it's two things on the table, people either like me or respect me, I prefer to pick up respect and leave like alone. Because when you start doing things that people, for people to like you, then that's that's hard. But if people respect you, it's like, yeah, I don't like Odell, but I, I kind of respect him. Yes, I don't agree with everything he says on the podcast, but I respect the fact that he believes what he's saying instead of being a politician who licks one's finger and stick it in the wind and based on what, you know, what way the wind is blowing, meaning what you're going to get from Odell. So right now I've learned too, Bill, that sometimes Doors open that I didn't even think would open. God opened doors because I had this situation, well, just like the podcast, you know, this, we kind of fell back into this. Or if I think about the book that's just coming out, Come Walk With Me, kind of fell back into that. Or as me and you were talking the other day at coffee, uh, this new opportunity we have with the TV show with um, Mark Walker, um, Swing that's State. A, that's I a great show. fell back into that. Great show. 11 o'clock on Sunday nights, folks. Box eight. Got to listen to it. Yeah. 11 o'clock on Sunday nights. Uh, just yeah. just record it. You can watch it anytime. But, but I think that's what the book would talk about life, because a lot of times, especially males with our fragile male ego, we can get things kind of twisted like a pretzel when it shouldn't be. Yeah. No, I think you're right. By the way, I thought of the guy's name, Oswald Chambers is his name. And, uh, so, but, uh, you're right. You're right. The, uh, and, and I think there's some value in, in those lessons learned, uh, for us to share with other people. So they feel, um, 
my goodness, look at what these guys have been through or, and have come out the other side. I think it's to honor God in how he's been faithful to us, um, honor our spouses who've put up with us. Okay. And honor our families that have seen us go through these changes. And so I think, I think, um, you know, I think, you know, let's, let's talk, let's talk more about that. I think I'm up for that. I just, I just, one of those things too, that when you start talking about race and we can talk about that because having a, one of your best friends being black and one of my best friends being white, that's different for a lot of people. And it's like, I, I, I want to talk to somebody about that. However, I don't really want everybody to know my feelings about race or how all the lessons I learned about race on grandma's porch and some of those lessons what grandma said, I'm kind of ashamed of it. Or the fact that at one time in my life, Odell hated all white people, you know, and it's like, wow, why would he even say that? Well, that's the truth. Now, if someone cares to say, why did he feel that way? Then that's, that's a whole extended conversation, which is what it takes because we have layers and layers and layers of what we've been through. And like you said, the title of the book again is what? The first what? 134 years. Yeah. And 134 years, Bill, that's a lot of layering. That's a lot of experience. That's a lot of, you've had your experience in your tribe and your community. I've had my experience in my tribe and my community. And now we've having experiences together. And even beyond that, now we're having those experiences we bring into the table, but now we're going to Europe. And now we're, you know, so now you're taking experiences and now we're going to other countries as Americans because in other countries, they see us as Americans. Yep. Yeah. They don't see us black and white. You're an American. Absolutely right. I just heard from the grapevine, the little birdie, that you're going to be near President Bush. Yeah. You know, I, President Bush, I like President Bush. Um, my favorite Republican uh, president is Ronald Reagan. I liked Ronald Reagan. A lot of people didn't like him. I liked Ronald Reagan. I thought Ronald Reagan was good. Uh, my favorite Democrat president uh, used to be Abraham Lincoln, but, you know, black man showed up, President Barack Obama, <laughs> not because he was black only, because we told, we lied to Bill Clinton. Black people lied to Bill Clinton when he went on our Senate Hall show and played the uh, saxophone. horn. Saxophone. Yeah, saxophone. We told him he was the first black president and he believed it. So we lied to Bill. So Bill, forgive us for lying to you because when uh, President Obama showed up running against Hillary the first time, we like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. This guy's real black, mm -hmm. uh, uh, well, biracial family product, biracial family, correct? Yep. But that's, that's see, see, it's everywhere. It's the whole thing is everywhere. So whether we fall into it or intentional, this is America, the melting pot. This is yeah. what we do. And like you said, you can't really be concerned about who you fall in love with yeah. because love is love. And I'll say this, Bill, then I know we have to close. But one thing I love about being in love with my wife for 38 years, I found true love. And everybody I found out hasn't always found true love. And imagine going your whole life without finding true love. Because that's someone I could be vulnerable with and strong with. She's my biggest cheerleader and my biggest critic. 
So this is someone who would tell me about myself. So one thing about you and I have in common, both our wives, they don't get married about what we do. They're like, hey, listen, you better take that trash out and go feed the dogs. You got that right. You got that right. There's yeah, there's no uh, st social status in, in the family. <laughs> you do what you got to do. The uh, well, hey, tell us about President Bush that we're going. I'm going as a guest of yours. Tell us about President Bush. Well, the uh, Raleigh Council, which is called the Okanichi Council, uh, is um, they're doing a friends of scouting breakfast or lunch. And that's where we do our big fundraiser. And um, a lot of councils do those. Um, and you usually honor somebody from the community here. We've honored uh, Nito Quibane, Roy Carroll, uh, Don Brady and Raleigh. They're honoring a guy by the name of Temple Sloan. Now Temple is a good friend of mine. Uh, he owned, he was chairman of the board of bank of America. He owned CarQuest, and he's a billionaire. And uh, uh, he's got a ranch in Montana that Dory and I've been. I've been there a couple times before that. Uh, he's a big scouter. What does a ranch mean, Bill? When you say a ranch, well, how many acres makes a ranch? Because I got a, a ranch style home. Yeah, well, in, in Montana, this is a small ranch. It's 40,000 acres with 1,000 head of cattle. But his, his okay. play, his, it's a big deal. But, you know, the cool thing on his property, Meriwether Lewis camped three nights with uh, Saskatchewan and they were looking for the pass to get over uh, called Lenai pass. And she was taking him there and that passes on his property. And he has marked on his property, three locations that they camped out based on the diary of Meriwether Lewis. And, uh, and when they reenacted the 200 year walk um, of the walk of Meriwether Lewis and Lewis and Clark, uh, they spent three days on his property camping and he did too. He stayed with them. They reenacted. And uh, so he's, and he also has the headwaters of the Missouri. The spring that starts the Missouri River is on his property. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's just a beautiful piece of property. So anyhow, they're going to honor him at this event. And Temple is the last person who wants to be honored. We've been asking him for 10 years, maybe longer, and he just won't do it. So finally, he's, he agreed to do it. And, uh, and they have President Bush coming in as the keynote speaker. Last year, they had Coach K, and I don't remember who it was before then, but uh, that's a big deal to get the president of the United States. So a lot of people started calling me and said, how did that happen? How did that happen? Who, who, who was able to do that? And I said, I just made a couple phone calls and we got, <laughs> and you know, that's a lie. That's not true. I, I had, I said, I have no idea, but I'll find out. And it turns out the uh, president, the guy who owns SAS, which is a billion billions and billions of dollars his personal friends with George Bush. And we honored him last year. He was the honoree last year. And uh, so when we, he was on the committee and I guess they came up with the idea, well, I'll call G my buddy George and see if he can come up. So I'm sure they're going to fly down to corporate jet. That's why we're doing a luncheon. Normally you do a breakfast. Uh, he's going to fly up in the morning, do his speech and then fly back that night, I think. So well, Bill, didn't you fly around with him on his corporate jet once? Uh, on temples a couple times. Yeah. A couple times. Okay. Yeah. That's a nice so, job. So listen, I'm, I'm thinking I'm big time when I get the exit seat in a regular airplane, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm big time. I get the exit seat and you flying around on private corporate jets, but yeah. you know what? Hey, it is what it is, right? It, 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 it Listen, God is good. And he opens those doors. Guess what? I'm getting on the plane. <laughs> there you go. So, there hey, you go. We're at the end of this. What do you got? Anything that's coming up? 
that you want to share? You know, Bill, uh, one of the things that's working out for us real good is, you know, I've done a couple books and I talked about that. I got a call the other day from um, a gentleman in South Carolina, and he's over a CPA, large statewide CPA organization, and asked me to be a keynote, not a keynote speaker, but be a speaker about elder care um, with this whole big old conference on CPAs. And he saw it somehow. He got a copy of my book. Uh, the one uh, is my turn now. Where I talk about caregiving for my mother. So he ordered X amount of copy of the books, and so I'm putting all that together. And it's just it's just funny how God opened doors. So what we have is just here's an opportunity to go and do a workshop for over 100 CPAs from all over the state of. Wow. Um, that's a big deal. South Carolina talking about the book. And so I'm putting all that together and I'm thankful that, you know, you don't get those orders every day. Hey, a hundred books, you know, you don't get those every day, but even more exciting. One of my best um, work so far is the one that's coming out into this month, early next month, uh, come walk with me. And that's one that I did talking to my grandson legend on how it is, you know, to grow up a black man in America and also I invite others to listen to the conversations so we could talk more about uh, race and race relations, not from a perspective of I hate you, you hate me, but more of a common ground perspective on how do we talk about those tough subjects that we always want to talk to somebody about. And now we get to talk about it. It's almost like what you and I get to do every day, Bill. We're blessed that we can have these conversations because people come up to me all the time. Hey, how's Bill? Is Bill really... Uh, the type of person he portrayed on the podcast. And I'm saying, nah, Bill's an even better person than you portray on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, the that's that's good stuff. Coming up for me, I didn't, you know, we're working on this Youth Resilience Summit November 4th at GTCC. Uh, if anyone's interested, you can go to youth of North Carolina, uh, com, uh, youthofnc.com and uh, look at it. And we're going to start taking, uh, uh, applications to attend it. Uh, I think we're limited to 250 people. Uh, but uh, the keynote speaker is uh, Sharon Hurst, who is on our podcast, and she's the executive director of Prevent Child Abuse North Carolina. And in the process of getting to know her and their board, they asked me to be on their board of directors. So starting oh, wow. September, I'm going to be on the board of directors of uh, Prevent Child Abuse North Carolina. Well, congratulations, my friend. But I heard that you, one of your big clients is this uh, ice cream company and you get all the free ice cream in the world. Is that still true? Well, I don't know if I get free, but I do get as much as I want to buy. Uh, it's uh, it's okay. Homeland, Homeland Creamery. They make some great products. Their chocolate milk is to die for and their ice creams is really good. So uh, uh, it's distributed throughout North Carolina. It's a good, good product. Uh, listen, buddy, we're getting ready to close up shop here. Uh, we got a couple podcasts that we're going to do uh, coming up. One is with a pastor that you know, and another one is with a fellow by the name of Kelvin Pierce. And folks, if you want to Google Kelvin Pierce's name, you'll see some interesting stuff. Uh, well, love you, man. Love you, and I appreciate you. And hey, we're not going to worry about um, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas right now because I'm still looking for that trade with uh, Thurgood Marshall. Because I still say that was a fair trade. Talk to you later, my friend. Amen. Bye-bye. 
Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, Executive Producer. Jeremy Powell, Creative Director. Jacob Sutherland, Director. All rights reserved. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years.